It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 21st, 2019. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will cover the Orlando Magic's drafting of Chuma Okiki from pretty much every angle. We'll talk about Okiki as a player, what he brings to the Orlando Magic, and then talk about what this pick kind of says about the Orlando Magic uh, as, as a whole, as, as a whole project, as there was quite a strong reaction to the Magic picking him. And, and, and I always feel a little guilty about this because it's not, I think, of really about the player. It's about expectations, which I'm guilty of, which the media is guilty of setting, and about, I guess, what people think the Magic should do with this pick. So I'll, I'll explain a little bit about that here coming up on today's show. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts for your podcast-enabled listening device for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here on Locked On Magic. Want to know the analysis of all the big trades uh, that the New Orleans Pelicans made, that whoever made, Check out those specific teams. Locked on Pelicans, I'm sure, is ecstatic about the Pelicans draft. They did a really good job on Thursday. You can do more, too, by checking out Locked on NBA to get the national perspective from local writers like me. You can find this all, of course, on iTunes, plus MLB, NFL, and Colleges, too, all on the Locked on Podcast Network. 
It's your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This year's NBA draft, um, you know, as I was, I, was, I was beginning to do mock draft exercises, really looking at this class, it, it, it was really apparent to me that there really wasn't much of a difference between about pick maybe 9 or 10, to about pick 27, 28. There's very little differentiating a lot of these prospects in the middle part of the draft where the Magic were picking at number 16. And that was something I think a lot of us tried to tell people and tried to warn people, even as we created these mock drafts and did these exercises that kind of started to create tiers of different players. We all certainly had our favorite players and and. I always think draft criticism ultimately comes down to, oh, you didn't pick the player that I liked. That was a bad pick. When that's not always necessarily the, the case. Um, I, I always have to remind myself uh, in these in these situations, and this is something that I think we were reminded of in this draft especially, um, and not just for the Magic, which I'll get to their pick in a sec. The list that the media creates, that, that we create as fans is very different than the list that the experts create. And so while some of these picks were surprising, like I didn't see Cameron Johnson going at 11. Honestly, I felt like in our lockdown mock draft, I could trade down from 16 to 26 and get Cameron Johnson. And, you know, we're all in the lockdown podcast. that were pretty well educated on our teams and, and, and where things are. But when it comes to the draft process, we're all just guessing. And so what an NBA team values in their big board is very different than what we would value, perhaps, or, or, or the things that we see and, and looking at some of these players. But like I said, there was very little difference in this middle of the draft. And even trading back wouldn't guarantee that you get the guy that you want. But as this draft played out, it, it felt like the Magic were in a very good spot. That they would have a chance to pick the guy that I focused most on, Nikel Alexander-Walker. That they would possibly be able to get Sekou Dumboya, who, who fell a lot, in my opinion. Um, which, again, who knows how much that's actually worth. That they would be able to, to make a play for uh, Brandon Clark, perhaps. Someone that, that a lot of people like. I'm, I'm not kind of in the Brandon Clark, Clark camp. Or a player like Nasir Little. It felt like the draft was shaking up for the Magic to get a player that a lot of fans would be excited about. And ultimately, in my opinion, the Orlando Magic picked the player that they felt was best available, which is what they always said they were going to do. And with the 16th pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selected Chuma Okiki from Auburn University. Most mock drafts did not have him going this high. In fact, in my mock draft that I published on Thursday afternoon, I had Okiki going late in the first round. He is undoubtedly 
a first-round talent. Let's make that perfectly clear. Average 12 points per game, uh, uh, 6.8 rebounds per game, six foot eight forward out of Auburn. A really solid player who can put the ball on the ground, a little bit of a straight, straight line drive driver. Post up smaller players. Good footwork in the post too, I have to say. Good, good, good strength in the on the block as well. And yes, can hit the outside shot, hitting 38.7% of his three-pointers last year, and with a pretty high usage rate, 57.7% effective field goal percentage. To all those saying that, that this guy didn't fit a need, I have to say I think you're wrong there. The things that I liked about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he checks off every box. He's a good defender with good good size. He's a good he's a improving shooter, but a good solid shooter at the college level. Can create a little bit in pick and rolls. Honestly, as I studied Chuma Okiki, because he was pretty far off my board, I haven't really done a lot of studying on him. As I've started to watch more of his game and started to study his game, I have to say... He checks off a lot of the boxes. And so while, yes, the initial reaction is, who is this guy? And it's not that we didn't know who he was, that there is a bit of a red flag that we do have to discuss here in a sec. But as I've watched his game more and more, I certainly agree, this guy checks all the boxes for the Orlando Magic. Good length, improving shooter. He projects as a 3 and D guy. Good movement off the ball. Solid defensive instincts, the ability to defend multiple positions. This is a guy that fits the ultimate vision for the Orlando Magic. But, and there's always a but, the reason why he wasn't really considered as a likely option at 16 is because probably the lasting image that we have of him in the NCAA tournament. Against North Carolina in a game where he scored 21 points and grabbed 7 rebounds through the first first you know, through the midway point of the second half. Chuma Okiki tore his ACL. He spent the rest of the tournament watching from the sidelines in, in a wheelchair. He kind of carted himself out at the end of that game against North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, to watch his team play. He celebrated from a wheelchair as they won the Elite Eight and went to the Final Four. He is likely not going to play next year. And if he does, he won't be back until January or February, having torn his ACL in March. Late March at that. And to that, there is certainly a fair criticism and frustration that Orlando didn't look in a different direction. I am on that boat, to be perfectly honest. I would dock them a letter grade for taking a guy who will not be able to play in his rookie year. Because I do believe, considering the Magic's lack of financial resources, that the fact that they're a little bit capped out right now, that Orlando needed to find someone who could contribute something this year. They could not waste this draft asset. And even though they're rookies and they do take time and they do make mistakes and you can't rely on them wholly, I would have liked to see them take someone that would play a role for next year's team. And at this point... You can't count on Chuma Okiki to do any of that. Again, not his fault. This is on the magic more than the player. The player, the more I watch him, the more I like him. 
Again, I think he fits, he clicks all the boxes for the Orlando Magic. I think he's a very, very good player. And as they said on the ESPN broadcast, if he had not torn his ACL, he would have been a lottery pick. That's the kind of talent the Magic brought in. So on a talent basis, Orlando, I think, did well at 16. Absolutely did well. But from a kind of need basis, which again is perhaps not the most important thing, Orlando kind of deferred a little bit, once again, perhaps. Chuma Okiki, when when he does eventually play for the Orlando Magic, because he will, torn ACLs are not as big of a deal as they used to be. I have every faith that, that he will be back. I have every faith that he'll play for Lakeland toward the end of next season. I don't know if he'll play for the big club. He might practice a little bit with the big club. But I suspect that that he'll get a lot of time in Lakeland next year when he's given the go-ahead to play. And that'll be kind of his introduction to the league and to playing professional basketball. Okiki will do a lot of the things the Magic want from him. So in that sense, this was a good pick. Jeff Waltman clued us in that this this was sort of the direction he was going to go. He said in Monday's media availability that they would take the best player available on the board. And like I said, how they rank order their players is perhaps different and certainly more informed than how we rank order our players. And so, if the Magic believe that Chuma Okiki was the best player on the board, I have no reason to question that. And they should absolutely take him. Regardless of anything else, that's what they should do. Waltman also said on Monday that what they do in the draft is not a sign of what they will do in free agency. They were never going to draft on need. A lot of fans have talked to me all evening about saying the Magic needed shooting. They needed a guard. They needed this and that. Frankly, the Magic need depth. They've got Wessel Wundu to play the backup two. Now you have Chuma Okiki to play the backup three. Depth is never a bad thing. And at 16, you're not expected to draft a starter. Again, this is where I think expectations in the draft tend to skew what's actually going on. I, I take heat for this, but... My opinion is a successful draft pick is a useful player, no matter where you're picking, honestly. Sure, there's more pressure at the top of the draft to get, get your star, but if you can find a useful basketball player, the best basketball player you can find, but someone who can play a role in the league, you've done a good job in the draft. That's my opinion. Sort of a baseline opinion for sure. And at 16, it's harder to find those players, obviously. So to me, the measure is, will Chuma Okiki be able to play a role in the league? And that role can come off the bench. Everyone always wants to say you've got to draft your starters or find a starter somewhere. Some people wanted to find that star player at 16. That probably wasn't going to happen. You just needed to find someone who could fill a role, and if he develops into something more, even better. Now with Chuma Okiki, and let's play this out a little bit, if you're starting, say, Fultz, Isaac, Gordon, Bamba, and then a, a shooting guard to, to be named later, let's say just, let's just say Fournier for now. 
You can bring Okiki off the bench to play the three or the four alongside a Ken Birch or Mo Bamba, alongside a Wesley Awundu, alongside a DJ Augustine. That depth matters. Look at Toronto. How Toronto played in the finals, they won that series because they were deeper than the Warriors. Not just because of the injuries, but because of Fred Van Vliet stepping up in Game 6, because of Serge Ibaka. Pascal Siakam didn't just become a starter. It happened because of development and growth, working off the bench at times. And that's really what the Magic were trying to do with this pick, is find some depth, find someone who can contribute down the road. And finally, what the Magic said, what Jeff Waltman said on Monday, was the expectation is never for a rookie to contribute something major immediately. The way the Magic have approached their rookies, from Jonathan Isaac to Wessa Wandu to Mohamed Bamba, has been to give them something manageable that they can handle. To put them in roles that allow them to succeed, learn, and grow. And we've seen each of them certainly take steps. And so the Magic were never going to draft a rookie with the intent of slotting him in as role X, as a starter, as sixth man, as whatever. That was never going to be the case. Orlando said they would draft best player available, and at least to their eye, that's what they did. And Magic fans have to be willing to give Okiki a chance. The criticism that I sense from Magic fans is not directed at Okiki the player. I think they're willing to give Okiki the chance now that he's on the team. The criticism and it is fair criticism, is directed at the front office. But at the same time, I would say this front office has acted exactly how they always have. By keeping an eye on the long-term vision of the team. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The biggest criticism that Jeff Weltman has faced as the president of basketball operations for the Orlando Magic has been a sense of general inactivity. Fans want the splashy moves. They want the big names. Despite the Magic making the playoffs last year and, and sitting at the 16th pick and in a weak draft or again, Like I said, the guy you're picking at 8 is virtually the same as the guy you're picking at 27, 28, somewhere in there. There's very little breathing room, it felt like, in talent between a lot of players in this draft. It, as Jeff Waltman at one point said, sort of flattened out. The one thing that, that, that Jeff Waltman's been criticized for has been sort of sitting on his hands. 
being a little too patient at times. They didn't go out and make a splashy move to acquire a bunch of picks. They haven't made a big trade. They haven't made a big risky free agent signing. Since the Magic were kind of stuck in a little bit of a salary cap hole when Jeff Altman took over, which they're just now digging themselves out of, Orlando's been sort of quiet. No big moves outside of maybe Markel Fultz and re-signing Aaron Gordon. No big free agents. Their draft picks have been projects that have needed time to grow and develop. It's been slow planting these seeds and building this roster up. And hiring the right coach in Steve Clifford helped it gel and blossom this year into a playoff berth. But as we know, as we've looked at the free agent landscape, at the Magic's own free agent decisions, we kind of understand, or should understand, that this Magic team isn't skipping steps in the process. This Magic team is not distracted by a momentary success when they understand there's a long-term project at hand. If the Magic truly were kind of going all in on a playoff berth for 2020 or on the 2020 season, re-signing Nikola Vucevic would be a no-brainer. Bringing back Terrence Ross would be a no-brainer. Drafting a player who could contribute immediately would be a no-brainer. But that's not what the Magic want, and, and judging by what fans have told me, that's not what fans want either. If anything, fans say, the season was nice, but it's time to let Vooch go because we don't want to be a 7 or 8 seed forever. And, and some people think that Vooch puts a ceiling on that. I, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, I do think the Magic can get better with Vooch as their center, but ultimately we all see the writing on the wall that Mo Bamba is the starting center for the Magic two, three years from now. And that's where the Magic hold their focus with all these picks, with all these decisions. Yes, Orlando wants to stay competitive. They don't want to fall out of the playoff race. They don't want to be in the deep lottery picking in the top five again. Not on purpose, at least. They want to keep taking that next step forward. But they're not sacrificing everything to do it. Really, they view the draft as an investment. They're not looking for a dividend immediately. They're looking to put their stock in something and to let it grow and gain value over time. If they wanted someone that would help them immediately, they would have taken Nikel Alexander-Walker. It's not that they didn't want the immediate help or expect the immediate help, but they know that the player they pick now, they're not picking him for his rookie year. They're picking him for five years down the road. And for the Magic, they believe Chuma Okiki is that guy. More than anyone else on their board, because that's why they took him. You can argue for sure that Weltman didn't maybe get exact value for him, that perhaps the Magic could have traded back a few spots and still taken Okiki, and certainly I would think that would be the case. And Honestly, judging by how long it took for the Magic's pick to come in, the Magic pick did not leak on Twitter until right before it was announced on TV. They went down to the wire on this pick. 
Or at least that's what this suggests. And I think it's because they were trying to trade back. I truly think Chuma Okiki was their guy. You don't take a player coming off torn ACL at this stage of the draft if you don't fully believe that's your guy. And, you know, I may think it was the wrong pick or not the the most ideal pick, but I do applaud the magic and applaud Jeff Weltman for sticking to his belief, for sticking to their board. Because the draft is a long-term investment. But like everything else, this Magic team is still a long-term investment. Just because they made the playoffs last year doesn't mean they think they're knocking on the door. That they are the team that they ultimately want to be. They know they still have a lot of work to do. And obviously the free agent decisions this summer are a big part of that. But the one thing that this draft proved is that Orlando is not going to approach free agency. They're not going to approach these decisions with a short-term mindset. They will only make a move, only make a deal, only make a signing, only bring in a player that helps their timeline, that helps their long-term vision, that grand plan further on down the road. That can be frustrating to hear. I understand. But the Magic made the playoffs while essentially still rebuilding. They made the playoffs, honestly, ahead of schedule. I said, Jeff Weltman's been in charge now for three drafts. So this will be year three of Jeff Weltman. You had to wipe the slate clean when he took over. And so they're still building this thing up. And they're not losing sight of that, even with the playoff appearance in their back pocket. They're going to continue to build for the long term. To eye a distant, not a distant future, but eye the future over the short term. Now, they still want to win in the short term. And that, for that reason, yes, I agree. The Okiki draft is a little odd. There is a little bit of incongruity there. But at the same time, he fits their long-term vision. And ultimately, that wins overall. Now, at some point, this has to pay up. Aaron Gordon is obviously in a second contract and is at a stage where he wants to win, should want to win, and should be nearing his peak levels. Still a little ways away from that, but he should be ramping up to it. Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba obviously haven't quite gotten there yet. They're still learning and growing and developing in this league. Markel Foltz is essentially a rookie as well. And so Orlando still has a lot of growing to do. For that reason, Orlando could afford to wait. Chuma Okiki, when he would enter the floor, when he would enter that role perhaps as a backup backup forward, he'll be at a stage where he can help this team grow and grow with this team as well. Orlando is extremely young still. Don't, don't forget that part. And so Orlando is still bringing the pieces together. 
Orlando is still looking ahead to the future. And that's what they want to build. Weltman is not in the business of rushing this process. Weltman is not in the business of forcing something that isn't there, of not holding true to his principles and the principles and vision that he set for the Magic. He said on Monday that they would take the best player available on their board. And I truly believe that Chuma Okiki was their best player available on the board. In their estimation, he was the best guy for them. And if Orlando has shown one thing in the last two years, it's they will wait on their guy. They will give him all the room he needs to succeed. Right now, Orlando is still planting the seeds. They blossomed early, perhaps, but they are still making sure the roots run deep. If you know anything about gardening, it takes patience to let these things grow. And Jeff Weltman is certainly going to remain very, very patient. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. We'll be back again Monday when we'll hear from Chuma Okiki as he's introduced to the media on Friday. Follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily for updates from that press conference. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 